Awesome. What a morning already. That was uh, such a good word Kira brought, and then uh, Sharon as well. It's just amazing. Um, God, is, God is working. Hey, he's working. He's speaking. It's up to us to listen, um, to listen to what God is doing. I'm really excited to, to share this morning on unity. I like having a subtitle to my sermon, so I put this one as Better Together, which is cheesy. Better Together, I'm sure it's the tagline for a lot of clubs out there. We're better together, we're stronger together, all those things. But it's actually true. It's, it's a truth that we're going to see through Scripture today, and we're going to get to some practical outworkings of what unity is and how we can be better together and continue to grow in unity, continue to grow in relationship, continue to grow in effectiveness through togetherness, through our togetherness. Unity came up um, during the fast. For those of you that were part of the fast, we met three nights um, in January just to, just to listen and hear what God's saying to the church. We've got a whole year coming up ahead of us. It's a great way to start that year, to, to fast, to listen, to just set that time aside together. And one of the areas that came up consistently in the, in the words that came was unity and love. You'll see it there on the right-hand side. And it's something that we thank God for. It's something that we often pray for and we pray about. Um, I believe that what God is calling us to is to improve, is to grow in unity, is to grow in being better together. And what does that look like? So I'm going to bring some practical handles today to unity and to growing. There was also um, a time, a couple of times during the fast when we met together for prayer and the leader had a word, okay, everybody come closer. Everybody come to the middle. And there was such an anointing that happened when we came closer together. And I just think the Lord wants to see more of that in our midst, more of that in the church as we continue to grow together as a body, just to bring the anointing, to raise the faith, to see the, the things that we are praying for is going to take us. It's going to take all of us growing together in this. Amen? Amen. Bring it. Bring it. I'll say, I'll say good words. You say amen. Bring the amens. It helps. Uh, unity. First, let me pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you for this. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your word that's going to come through today, God. We just thank you for the, the power of the word of God. And Lord, we receive it today. We just pray for our ears to hear. Pray for our hearts, Lord, just to find that, for your seed to find good soil this morning and produce that fruit that we heard about, God. Any brambles in the way to unity, Lord, we just pray, Father, for fruit today, just to walk free. Lord, we thank you for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you think of any expressions of unity that you can think of, either in the church or in the world or anything like that? What comes to mind when you think of unity? Pardon me? Soccer team. Soccer team. There you go. That's a good one. It's not a trick question. Just throw them out. United we stand. There you go. Is that a union slogan? Yeah. Oh, United Nations. There you go. That's good. A union of a different type. Yeah. All right, when we look in the Word, we see a number of different areas of unity. We see a number of different aspects either of the Lord or what He has highlighted as being unity. And we see the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three in one. And we could spend a whole sermon series on that, but that is a, a, a picture of unity, a picture of oneness. We see marriage. Marriage is a picture, two becoming one. Click, click, click. They're playing. There you go. Um, family. 
we see family as an option, or as, as, a, as something that God highlights in the, in the Word. We see father, mother, and the children as a unit. There's unity in the family. And then we see the church, and it's the latter that we're going to look at today. And we're going to look at some practical aspects to grow our relationship with each other, to grow that unity um, that God's looking for. And at some point, Christianity gets practical. Sometimes I think we, we think that it's just going to happen. That we pray and we read and then we go live our lives and we pray and we read and we go and we talk and we talk a lot and we listen a lot. But God's looking for some decisions sometimes. At some point, it gets practical. Christianity. And I know for myself, that's been the message coming through with James has been just do it. There's a practicality to making decisions. God's looking to partner with us. That means we have a part to play. We have decisions to make. With marriage, I mean, when I got married, I, I left my father, father and mother, my wife left her father and mother, and we became one, and we haven't had any issues since. It's been perfect, right? Amazing. It's amazing how that happens, right? Perfect marriage. It's not, I mean, you all know that's not true, and you're laughing because you know that's not true, because you, you know me well enough to know that's not true, right? You, you get married, and then you go, okay, my goodness, we're, we're one, now let's walk this out. Right now, let's figure it out. Now, let's grow in it. Um, we just took a marriage course recently through the church. Amazing. There's a plug for a marriage course um, to grow in that. But we shouldn't expect to have it all figured out. And then we had kids and family. And we've had no issues having kids. It's been easy. Every stage they come to, I'm ready for. I got all the, all the points to make. I got all the discipline lined up, everything. You all know that's not true. You're not laughing because you laughed earlier. But you're not, you know it's not true, though. Because there's issues, you, you, you bring that kid home. I remember bringing Daniel home. And we, we came home from Lionsgate Hospital and put him on the table, on the kitchen table. We were in a basement suite. And then looking at Dana and going, oh my goodness, now what? And you know that moment, right? You know that moment if you've had kids. Like, now what? Now our family is here. Now we're going to grow. And we've, we're going to figure it out, right? And we figured it out by making decisions, by praying, by just learning as we go. And the same thing happens in the church. God brings us all together. He saves us into a body. He saves you from, from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of, of Jesus, in the kingdom of light. And then he brings you into a body. Now let's, now let's walk this out. Now let's figure this out. We're not going to have it all figured out, but we can grow in it. We shouldn't expect to know everything. And your past doesn't define what God's calling you to now because we want to grow in it. We want to continue to grow in unity. Amen? Amen. Bring it. The New Testament encourages unity, and it warns against division often. We see Paul often warning against division and encouraging unity. He says there should be no schism, and that word hasn't changed from the Greek to the English. The Greek is schism, the English is schism, which means division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, I appeal to you, to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, one another, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So there's a, an encouragement from Paul to walk in this. I beseech you, because it doesn't just happen, unity. I beseech you to walk in it. I beseech you to grow in it. To watch out for divisions and to walk in unity. Make some decisions. Listen to what I'm saying. Make some decisions to grow in unity. And then 2 Corinthians 
Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Some powerful scriptures. And the God of love and peace will be with you. There are, there are good things that happen when we live together in unity and we grow in unity. The God of love and peace will be with us. We will care for one another. There is encouragement. There is encouragement. Psalm 133 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Amen? Amen what God said. Amen. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And if you've lived at all, you know what it's like to be in a place that doesn't have unity, to be on a soccer team, to be in a, in a, in a work environment, right, where there's just disunity, there's division, there's different, there's different visions for, for how things should go. There's no unity. It doesn't feel good, right? Or maybe you've been in a church where there's been disunity, right, or division, and it doesn't feel good. And it's tough, and it's difficult, and it's not good and pleasant. But when there's unity... It's good and pleasant. God desires us to be united, to have unity. And we can. There's all kinds of division happening in the world right now. And I'm old enough to remember when it didn't feel so divided. Right? Not even that long ago. If you go back and maybe pre-social media, I don't know if that's a trigger, um, but there's, there's, there, there was a time when it didn't feel so divided. Maybe it was. But now it feels like everyone's in a camp. Right? There's, if you're for this, you're against that for sure, because you better be. And there, it's all along politics, racial lines, all different lines. And so that is happening in the world, and God says, do not allow that to come into the church and affect your unity. Not so in the church. Allow no divisions, allow no schisms. Love each other, encourage each other, grow together. Don't allow what we see out there to come in. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Be on your guard. Not so in the church, God says. He wants, to be, he wants it for us to be good and pleasant in the body of believers. To be good and pleasant as we live together and advance the kingdom of God. And it's not the sameness. Not all being the same. And you know that he gives, each, he gives gifts to each one. He gives faith. He gives the gifts of the Spirit. We're all different. But there's a togetherness in what God's called us to. It's amazing what he's called us to. We're better together. Psalm 133 says, God commands the blessing. The same psalm here. When there's unity, God commands the blessing. We're better together. When two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst of them. Matthew 18. We're better together. God's calling us together. There he is when two or three are gathered. Deuteronomy 32 says, One can put to flight a thousand. Two can put to flight ten thousand. Right? That math is not linear. We're better together. It's a principle throughout Scripture. God's looking for unity. He's looking for bringing his people together to grow and to walk together. There's a togetherness God has, God has for us. And if you look at that, at that graph, and I was going to actually graph it, but I forgot. Um, that graph, I mean, there's about, what, 100 people here? Can you imagine how many 100 people can take out? Right? One, 1,000, two, 10,000? When there's unity. When there's unity. Walking together in, in God's will. We're better together. The word unity we see in the New Testament comes from a couple different words. Um, henotes. Henotes means unity, 
Unanimity, it means agreement. It means agreement. It means we agree together on certain things, certain principles, certain values. And it comes from the root ice, which is one. Unity means, at its root, it means oneness, togetherness. There's one, one body, one Lord overall. And Jesus references the same word in John 17. When he's, he's, he's prayed for his disciples, and now he's praying for us. He's praying for those that will come after. He's praying for us. He says, I do not pray for these alone, for my, my disciples here with me, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they, will, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That same word, ice, one, unity. And I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. That's Jesus' prayer for us today, is that we would be one as he is one. I can't fathom that. As he is one with the Father, he prays that we would be one together, united, a body, the body of Christ. And we often see in the New Testament that oneness is expressed through an analogy of the body. And I didn't want to put a picture of a body up here because I have one. It's a joke. <laughs> You're allowed to laugh at these. Now you are the body of Christ. <laughs> we need an applause sign up there. Come on, folks. Are you awake? Is this thing on? Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. 1 Corinthians 12. You are the body of Christ, not you get to become part of the body of Christ. When you're saved, you're now saved into a body. We don't become a body later. Maybe we function better later on, but you're saved into the body of Christ, not the bodies of Christ. You're saved into the body of Christ. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. One body. So God saves people. He saved me. He saved you. If you're here and you're a Christian this morning, all different people, you believe the gospel. Repent and believe in Jesus Christ. Put your faith in him. Put your faith in him as your savior. Put your faith in him as your Lord. And God works salvation in your life, bringing you from death to life. And he brings us together into a body. People from all over, all walks of life, he brings us into a body. And look at my body. It's one body. Yeah, there we go, there we go. <laughs> I have started working out. But, uh, oh, I lost my things. Oh, there we go. There's something cohesive that holds my body together. God used this analogy for a reason. As, as, I, as I, you look at me, there's a structure to my body. It's one, right? If I move over here, my body moves with me, right? My body is moving. If I go over here, I don't leave my arm behind. I don't. My, the whole thing comes along. And it's a simple analogy, but that's what God references as the body of Christ. There's a cohesiveness to it. There's a form to it. There's, there's something that sticks my pieces together. There's ligaments. There's the cells joined together. There's the, there's the tendons, there's all these different things. And I had the privilege of actually getting into anatomy and starting to see how the body is put together in such a way. It's amazing. And God uses that as the, as the example 
of what he wants the body to be in form and in function. There's a form that he says, you are a body. You come in here, you're part of a body now. You're kind of joined together. And then there's a movement to the body where you don't leave pieces behind. Everyone, everyone, everything's doing something. When my head says, okay, move this way, the muscles are firing more than I can think about. It's all coordinated, but God, my head is coordinating it. And as the body of Christ moves, his desire is that the head, Jesus, coordinates the movement of the body. And we're all affected by what Jesus says, and we move together. We move together and we grow in that unity. Not disjointed, but we grow in that unity. We grow in the cohesion of what a body is supposed to be as it moves together. There's a form and there's a function to the body. Amen. There's so much more to go into with this, but that's just a, a simple picture of what God sees when he looks at the church. He sees the body. We maybe see many different things. He sees the body of Christ, and you're a part of it. And let's grow in that. Let's grow in what that looks like as a body. A couple of examples here. You may be wondering what that tuning fork is. It's a little Easter egg. We'll get there. Some helps towards maintaining and building unity. Right? At some points it gets practical, like I mentioned. At some point Christianity gets practical. Vision. Having a vision of Jesus. Having your vision, your, your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. A.W. Tozer has a great quote. He says, Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos, all tuned to the same fork, are automatically tuned to each other? They, they are of one accord by being tuned, not to each other, but to another standard to which one must individually bow. So 100 worshipers met together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. So the tuning fork, eyes fixed on Jesus. As our eyes are fixed on Jesus, we will grow together. Nick, can you stand up for me? If Nick and I want to grow in unity together, as, as part of the body, we want to grow a relationship, there we go. Yeah, go back to the middle, Jeremy said. Right, for all those online. No, no, yeah, you come a little bit closer. There you go. Right? As we want to grow in unity together in this church, and this for all of us, if we fix our eyes on Jesus, fix your eyes on Jesus, then, then we will come closer together. Right? We will be more attuned to what Jesus is saying. And he's going to stick the different parts of the body together. We're going to grow together. <laughs> now, and now we start to move in unity. And now we start to move in unity as our eyes are fixed on him. And all of us, with our eyes fixed on Jesus, to the tuning fork, in that analogy, thank you, Nick. It's great. Good acting. Um, we will grow together. We will grow together as those ligaments strengthen, as those cells strengthen, as those different relationships within the body, that cohesion, as it strengthens by fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ. We will grow together. We, we have a vision for this church. You have a vision for your life. Right? And if you haven't written it down, you're still living according to something. Right? As we fix our eyes on Jesus, our lives will align. Our lives will align in what he wants for your life, what he wants for the church, what he wants for us together. And we are better together. We are stronger together. Proverbs 29 says, Where there's no vision, the people are unrestrained. When I have no vision, I'm going to drift away. I'm going to lose that cohesion, that cohesiveness that a body is supposed to have, unless my eyes are fixed on Jesus along with all of you. And you see that in all kinds of 
church splits or all kinds of businesses that go under or whatever it is where there's like a lack of vision. There's just a drifting away. People need to have, that's why mission statements are so important for businesses because you need everyone pointing the same direction. Otherwise, you're going to have division in the company and you're going to go off in different directions. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. That's a practical help and that just is you building your relationship with the Lord. Just building your relationship with Jesus yourself and you will see growth in your relationship with other Christians. Amen. Fellowship. Hebrews 10 says, Do not give up the habit of meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage each other, all the more as you see the day approach. Which I didn't put in there. But don't give up meeting together. Keep meeting together. Meet more often. Acts 2, when the church was founded, said they continue daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of a heart. Meeting together, having fellowship with other Christians. We have the Sunday morning service. Obviously, you're all here. You know that. Um, there's lots of other opportunities throughout the week to get together with other Christians. And I encourage you to do so. To get together with other Christians in this church, to learn, to, to build relationships and go for coffee with other people in this church. If you don't know somebody and you want to know them, you can invite them out for coffee. Proverbs, 7, Proverbs 27 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. That takes time together. That takes time discussing the things of the Lord, just getting in, into each other's lives, getting to know each other, making yourself a little bit vulnerable, which can be difficult. But, but seeing that as a priority is to grow relationships amongst the body. Take the time to do that. Come out to Connect Group. If you're not part of a Connect Group, I encourage you to, to become part of a Connect Group. It's a great place to come, meet people, have a meal, have some laughs, get into the Word, receive prayer. There's people that come to my Connect Group, I'm praying for the things that, that they are praying for. We're praying together. Right? And you'll see that in all the various Connect Groups in this church. It's an opportunity for fellowship. The men's group, ladies' group, family camp's coming up. We'll get more details about that. Come on up to family camp. It's going to be a great time together. Let's just do, do more of these things. And to those who don't want fellowship, <laughs> to those who don't want more fellowship, that's not God's plan. And I, I listen to a lot of country music, and there's a lot of country music about, I find God in the, in the fishing boat, or I find God in the deer stand. Like, all of these things. And you do. Maybe you do. I hunt. I, I find God there. But I find God more with his people. And thank God for that. He's called us together to be part of a body, to build relationships, to build those, those ligaments and all of those things, to go deeper with each other in our lives. There's no Frank Sinatra's, right? My way. God's way is better. God calls us a body. Bearing each other's burdens. Galatians 6 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What did Jesus do? He bore our burdens at Calvary. And the word that came this morning was that God takes our burdens. As we come and we bring our burdens to the Lord, he takes our burdens, and he does. And sometimes he uses each other to do that. He uses the body. Because this word, we don't invalidate this word by God taking your burden. There are burdens that, that you carry that you need someone to come alongside and help you. And there are burdens that maybe you don't know that are yours, but they are because that person needs you in this body. And if someone comes to mind, or if so, or you have an opportunity, bear each other's burdens. That's biblical and godly. 
to do that. Have, have your eyes open and see the needs that are out there and go, okay, how can I help? Right? That's maturity as a Christian. That's maturing as a, as a Christian in unity, growing together. And if you have a burden, share it with someone. Find someone that you trust. Right? In the church, build relationships. Build those relationships to the point where you go, you know what? I trust this person. I'm going to share with them. And if you've been hurt before in the church, and many of us have been hurt in the church before, it doesn't invalidate the Word of God that says we are still a body, and I encourage you to try again. Find someone else. Find someone else in the church. Build the relationship. Go to a connect group. Find someone that you can trust. Share your burdens. Sometimes I think we wait for someone to come and go, oh, the Lord told me you have a burden. And the Lord told me what it is. And the Lord told me how to solve it. And, the, and all these things. But that's not true all the time. Oh, that's loud. Sorry. I'm at 25 minutes. <laughs> I'm landing soon. Sometimes, yeah, halfway done. Sometimes you've got to share your burden. Sometimes you've got to share your burden. That person might not get the word from the Lord because it's on you, actually to build a relationship, and to be vulnerable. And love. Lastly, John 15, Jesus said, This is my command, that you love one another. He's talking to us. He's talking to us. That you love one another. Colossians 3, Paul says, But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So those bonds, that thing that holds the body together, love is the bond of perfection. Love over it all. Love each other. Love is a bond. Love each other. Encourage each other. Pray for each other. Help each other. Spend time with each other. Allow others to help you. And that's hard for some people. But allow yourself to be helped. If you look around today and you ask the Lord, who needs a kind word? Or who needs, a help, who needs a helping hand? Right? The Lord will highlight those people to you if you come. That's a godly thing to ask the Lord. It is. And he will highlight those people to you if you just ask them. Let's, let's help each other. Love each other. You don't have to wait for the feels. Sometimes wait for the feels. Like, now I feel like loving somebody. Now I'm feeling the love. Are you feeling the love? Now I'm feeling the love. Now I'm going to go for it. God says love each other. He didn't say feel like loving each other. He didn't say you've got to have that, like, like, you know, everything's going right in your day, and now you go do it. He says, love each other. Love each other. There's a story I heard once of a pastor, and I will land with this, of a pastor who went to a conference, and he was staying with a, with a couple that was there. And he had for, his iPhone was dying. He didn't bring along his charger. And so he went, and he got picked up at the airport very late at night. All the stores were closed. Went to their house, went to the room he was staying in, and on the bed there was a little gift package, and there was a wrapped present there. And it was an iPhone charger for his version of iPhone. And this was a long time ago where there were different kinds of plugs. And he asked them, he said, how'd you know? And they said, we prayed. We prayed, I was at the store, and God just highlighted this to buy for you. And he felt loved. He felt such love by them, but also by the Lord. Right? When you show love to someone else, that's God expressing his love through you to someone in the body that needs it. And so as we listen and as we hear, as we take the opportunity, you're expressing God's love. And he says, love one another. And a result of all of this, the unity and the growth, 
growing together, better together, strengthening those relationships. By this, everyone will know that you, speaking to the church, are my disciples, that you love one another. The world's looking for it. They're looking for an authentic church, an authentic body of Christ, and the love that we have for each other. That's what we're looking for, and that's what they're going to see, that representation of Jesus and his body on earth. And by that, the love for one another, they will know that you are my disciples. Amen. Please stand with me. I'm just going to pray for us as a body. And if there's anything specific, I think the, the word is very clear. God's, God's has a plan for our, this church. And we thank God for the unity that we do have together. And God has brought us together as a body. And it's amazing what he's doing. It's amazing what his plans are, what we know and what we don't. But there's more. There's more he's calling us to. There's some practical ways that we can grow as a church. And I just encourage you to, to hear what God is saying today. If there's something that stood out to you, say, okay, Lord, I'm going to take that and I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to change my attitude about the people around me. Whatever it is, let's love each other. Let's grow in it. And Lord, we, we do thank you, God. We come together. We come before you this morning as a body. Lord, as your body. And we just thank you, God, for salvation. We thank you, Jesus that we are not the head of this body, but you are. Lord, and we fix our eyes this morning on you. God, we pray for that tuning fork. Lord, just the, the, that analogy to, to work for each one of us, Lord. I just pray areas in our lives where we're not walking, Lord, where the vision is div- division or divided. Lord, we pray for vision of Jesus Christ. Whatever's in the way, Lord, we just set it aside. Have your way in this church. I pray for the bond of love, Lord, to grow in this church for the bonds of love with each other. I pray our eyes will be open to the needs around us. Lord, I pray for effective prayers. Lord, effectual prayers. We pray for the release of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in a greater measure, Lord, even as we just sit and have coffee. And we pray, Father, that we would walk and and have the structure and the form, God, that you're looking for in the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.